0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Best Practices, Insights from the Inside. Our guest today is Allie Ray Thompson. Whilst you might recognize her through her recent endeavors with scaled consulting, there is so much more to Allie than you can imagine and I could uncover. Allie is a self-made forward thinker who is ready to take on whatever challenge comes before her. From a military background and in intelligence to a brand director role, Allie has a formula for success that's tried and true. Not only that, but she has also overcome hurdles that would cripple most of us. Please enjoy this conversation with Ali Ray half as much as I did. Welcome to the show, Ali. Um, thank you, thank you for joining us. Um, first off, I guess I wanted to keep on par with everything else and everyone else. Um, I like to start with everyone's education and where they started off. Um, so I guess if you could. Start us off with where you started at school.
1: Yeah, so uh, so I'm born and raised in Florida, mm-hmm. Floridian over here. Um, and so I am actually, I am not a, a college grad. I am one of those like rare, rare people in the business and, and marketing world. So mm-hmm. um, and before we, you know, when I first started out with this stuff, I had kind of like a lot of shame around it. Because, you know, people kind of treat you differently, especially yeah. when you're like applying for jobs. They're like, oh, you don't have a college degree. Like you're clearly an idiot. So, right. <laughs> so um, but yeah, so I don't have a college degree. Um, however, I joined the army when I was 20 and I spent 10 years in the U.S. army. Um, and I, you know, I kind of got my education that way. And mm-hmm. I did, they have like continuing
0: education and, right. and all of that.
1: Got my
0: life skills and yeah, yeah. So right. actually, that's awesome. I I, um, I was looking and I was as I was doing my notes. And I was like, wow, you're you're in the army for ten years, counterintelligence, and yeah. I I as a marine currently still to this okay. day.
1: Yes, of course, always a marine, yeah.
0: right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think um, you know you were in from 06, and I was like, okay, that's when the army was respectable. Uh, um, <laughs> exactly. Um, so so what, what is it like being in counterintelligence? I know that, um, obviously I know you can't say everything, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't
1: do. anything, right? That's right, like... exactly.
0: <laughs> but, um,
1: um yeah. so it was really amazing. You know, it was really, it was, I don't even know, you know, how to describe it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, when I joined the army, you join because you you have this like, Called a duty right it's just something that's in you that you feel like you have to do mm-hmm. and you can't ignore it and to do counterintelligence so counterintelligence is so for those of you who don't know like the military has its own judicial system so it's UCMJ and they have their own yes <laughs> so uh, they have their own Um, kind of, they have their own cops, they have their own FBI, they have their own investigations, they have all of that stuff. So, whereas the civilians, they have, like, the FBI, which is, like, home base type stuff, and then CIA, which is, like, OCONUS, what's, like, abroad. the the army kind of splits, so with the FBI, so I was essentially like FBI before the army. So Mm -hmm. the FBI, when you think of it, you think of like cool, like drug busts and they're on TV and they're doing all this cool stuff. And then there's like the Edward Snowden type stuff where it's like, you know, think like Corky Romano and, Mm -hmm. you know, know, paperwork and investigations and sleuthing and, and that type of stuff. So the army kind of splits the FBI into those kind of two categories. So there's CID, the criminal investigations department, which are uh, division. So they're doing the drug busts and the cool stuff and getting all the credit on the news. And then there's, um, then there's the Edward Snowden type people who are doing mm-hmm. the sleuthing and, and protecting, protecting our assets and our information and, and, and whatnot. So, yeah.
0: Wow. That's, I mean, that's yeah. awesome. That's not, Um, I was, uh, I am still, um, I'm in the infantry, so it's kind of cool. cut and dry, I think. I don't, I um, I had a choice, but I think that um, the way I saw it, I was like, what's the point? I mean, if, if I'm joining the military, gonna, you know, I want to, you I want to shoot guns. That's all I want yeah, exactly. to do. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so um, I think how many Sulphur so most people, I think, whenever whenever I say to them, am like I'm a Marine," they're like, "Oh my gosh, you've probably done a billion things." You're the whatever. I'm like, "Oh, sir, if you only knew what it was really like." So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess um, for not only me, as in someone in a different branch, but for uh, the civilians and everyone else who tunes in, what was life like in the army?
1: Oh gosh, um. <laughs> It was interesting. Let's say that. It was really interesting. And, um, you know, it's kind of, have you ever like heard of someone describe like the best worst thing you've ever done kind of thing, you know, and and it that's kind of how I remember it. It was mm-hmm. hard and it sucked and I loved every minute of it mm-hmm. and I would do it over again because it really... I mean, it shaped who I was. I mean, I was in it for 10 years. I I joined when I was 20. And for for really anyone, any young adult, like your 20s are formative, right? They shape who you are as a person and you kind of continue to grow. And the army kind of did that for me. And it was Mm -hmm. so, I learned so much about myself and I learned so much about what I'm able to do and kind of prove myself wrong over and over and over. And you know, the the people that you meet, I'm still um, my best friend. I met her in the Army. I was stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, mm-hmm. airborne L.A. So I stationed at Fort Bragg, and um, I met my uh, my best friend, and she lives here in Austin, and she was kind of the reason I retired out of JBLM um, at Joint Base Lewis in Washington State, and she was one of the reasons that we, I kind of like moved down to Austin after I, I got out um and those those friendships and those um those partnerships and those lessons that you learn like really stick with you for the rest of your life and they shape your thought process and they shape how you view the world and and yeah yeah it was it was amazing it was yeah the the best worst thing i've ever done
0: (laughs) yeah i agree fully (laughs) absolute yeah you speak in my language i get it and it's you don't, you just don't understand unless you do it. And definitely, um, I'm, I'm so thrilled. I wish I joined a couple of years earlier. I joined when I was 22. Um, but I think that if I would have joined earlier, it probably would have been better for me just because I was like a wild child and I was just kind of like doing all kinds of stuff. I was like, Oh my gosh. And then I just, I don't know what to do. <laughs> exactly. And then you join and it's just like, the, the hierarchy is really, I mean, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Like you said, it's tough to deal with a lot, yeah. it, but it, but you just, I mean, one of the things my, uh, our first sergeants would always say is embrace the suck because yes. everybody, everybody who has even this rank on their collar was in your exact shoes and it sucked for them too.
1: Absolutely. 100%. And it's, you know, it's just interesting because, you know, I was this, kid from palm beach florida Mm -hmm. and i lived there most of my life and i like i'm born and raised in florida and you know you you think you know about like other cultures and other lifestyles and other you know all of these things and then you join the army and you're like oh crap i would say Mm -hmm. oh I don't know if I can curse here. So <laughs> It's
0: the free zone. It's got a little All right, explicit.
1: Perfect. That's another thing the army taught me. Lots of curse words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, you think you know, and you think you, you have this idea about the world, and then you join the army, and you're forced in to a million different cultures and a million different, like, uh, backgrounds and lifestyles. And now you're, you're forced to hang out with people who aren't the same as you, and not just aren't the same as you but don't have the same experiences and don't have um you know the same aren't familiar with your experiences mm-hmm. and I that was kind of hard I mean even as like a 20 year old it was kind of still kind of hard you know kind of living and dealing and and immediately trusting someone and 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 developing that those relationships I guess so so that was really kind of interesting about it. You know, you think you have this idea and it, it's a rude awakening for sure. And mm-hmm. it, again, it it really is this like embrace the suck because there's there's been other soldiers and other Marines in your boots and they've been, those boots on ground have been there before you and they paved the path for you. And it's just this like rite of passage almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also really interesting because there's you know I'm sure you also have the like shut up and color you know too which is the you just kind of have to deal with it and you you are really forced to deal with figuring out what leadership is and figuring out like you know taking what as you get these leaders and as you get these like teammates like do I want to be like that do I want to be seen Mm -hmm. like that am I going to be leader am I going to be that type of soldier or that type of person. And you have these people who have no, you know, like no education, no anything. And they're they're out here like leading leading soldiers and leading teams and platoons and companies and doing amazing at it. And then you have people who are apologetic, educated and are so smart according to uh, society and they're just dumb as rocks.
0: Right. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just it, it really changes your perception on people, and it it changes those like predetermined biases, mm-hmm. and you really get rid of them pretty fast. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably one of the one of the things that I I contribute to the army or attribute to the army, I should say, is is removing those biases and not and the quick judgment because you have no idea what cap what someone's capabilities are until they're put to the test
0: right um absolute like <laughs> I mean I I completely understand um I think that that was that's an awesome overview for anyone who hasn't really lived the life or in any capacity um so I you you touch you mentioned you know immediately having to trust someone. And I think, I don't think that people get that. I mean, I, I get it, you gotta trust the guy next to you without even a second guess. But so when you translate that specific trait into real life, do you find it completely different? Well, I guess real life, but do you find it different now in the civilian world?
1: Yes, yeah, on the civilian side and it was a really hard adjustment. And, you know, like I got out and I got out of the army in 2016 and mm-hmm. it was, you know, I thought anyone who's getting out of the army or getting out of the service is like, as soon as they're, they're like getting that DD 214 and they're like showing it off, they're excited. Yep. They're like, it's a sad day, but like new chapter, I'm so stoked. And they're, you know, they're off to party and, and off to live their best life. And really what you find is months down the road, you miss it. You miss waking up at the ass crack of dawn, doing PT in the rain, like running and, you know, having somebody yell at you or, you know, like screaming at someone because they're falling out of a run or you miss (laughs) that. You miss that. And it's, it's just, it's so, it's so interesting. And not everyone, you know, people who are in, who have been in the service have, have those like similar qualities of like immediately trusting. And it's, uh, another one I see is that like selfless service or like dedication to the mission. It's like that team member mentality mm-hmm. where like, okay, or it's like, I, I have a dedication or a responsibility to complete this mission and like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do my part but you don't really see that like on the civilian side or it's not at least like translated like that. Mm-hmm. And those, those, um, those values aren't really brought up, you know, those values aren't um, instilled in these, you know, young, young kids or, or adults even. And when I started my business, I started a business when I got out of the army and I hired this, um, An amazing, adorable college student. She was the sweetest thing ever, um, and you know, I thought, you know, everything's going to be the same. Most of my friends were service members, you know, like mm-hmm. I can treat her just the same, and that is not the case.
0: It is, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is not the case at all, and um, and yeah, so it was, it was, it was kind of different, and it was kind of a, a shock. It was almost like a culture shock. Mm-hmm. Um, to a point. Because you didn't have that fallback, and you didn't have that like immediate trust, and that like you know the embrace, the suck of of the camaraderie and the um, the the family, the familyness. You didn't have any of that. So um, so yeah. So it was a it was definitely you you can kind of I mean transition it into the civilian world and, and be trusting and whatnot. But I find on the civilian side, you really have to be guarded. And you have to kind of guard yourself because in the army, everyone's, everyone's kind of, everyone has your back, no matter who. Like I, right. I might not know, you know, like I might have a new battle come in and I have never met them before ever, but I know she has my back. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not the same in the civilian side. And, um, and that was kind of, you know, like, because I, my entire twenties was in the army. That was kind of a culture shock. I felt mm-hmm. like, I was like growing up again. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm a 30 year old. and How am I this naive? You know, right. very interesting. Yeah. It was interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, before we move on to uh, Ali social, how, how do you quantify, you know, leaving my, my thing was if I had 10 years, I'm doing it. I'm just, yeah. I'm just doing it. It's it. I'm going to do the 20, but how did yeah. you know, 10 years? How do you decide to hang it up?
1: Um. Well, unfortunately it wasn't my decision. So I was med boarded out. So I, okay. um, when I was, I'm going to say I was like 28, maybe. 29. Um, so I was diet in 2015. I was diagnosed with a gluten allergy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, it, it probably took about a year, maybe like eight months to figure it out. They thought it was like all sorts of stuff. Um, I had like surgeries thinking that it was like all this other stuff and um and it turned out that I was allergic to gluten and um I don't know if you've ever had an MRE or army food but that thing is slam packed with gluten (laughs) And, and um and as an agent you know we deploy in ones and twos right so sometimes you deploy like as a team sometimes you deploy like um as like a tact in a tactical tactical mission so um it's like ones or twos in a country and it may because of this allergy if we ever had to like live on the economy you know like getting street meat in Malaysia or or whatnot like no one knows what gluten is you know so it's kind of it's kind of a detriment to the mission at that point so it made me non-deployable Um, they gave me some options. They were like, so we can kind of make you put you in strategic positions only. Um, and it was more, some were like kind of investigative, but to, to do well in, as an agent, you kind of have to go, you have to be deployable and Mm -hmm. even like strategic operations kind of go into like the tactical side anyway. So, um, I would have kind of been setting myself up for failure So the other option, they were like, well, we can kind of like put you in like uh, a strategic position as like a, in like a kick-up position where I'm like reviewing reports and making sure they're, they're all like, you know, ready to go to court if needed. And all of that Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, editing 20 page interviews is not something I want to do for the rest of my life. Right. So, and I'm like, okay, well, what are my other options? Uh, So Then they were like, or we can med board you and, uh, the army can like, or in the VA can pay you for the rest of your life and you can be a civilian. And I was like, maybe that one, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was bittersweet, but it was also, you know, it was kind of time and yeah, so it wasn't my choice. I think I would have, maybe I would have stayed. I don't know. I don't know what Mm -hmm. I would have done.
0: Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I know a couple of more than a couple uh, good Marines who had to get separated for, uh, you know, similar things that they had absolutely no control over, but um, it worked yeah. out great for them.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah. Um, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. So when you move on, you start all these social, um, mm-hmm. a brand development company. So what. Um, One of my favorite questions to ask when you start something is what are the, what are the challenges of getting off the ground?
1: Yeah. So, um, everything. (laughs) So, yeah. So, um, you know, I started, sorry, that's my computer. I apologize. Um, so, you know, this was, it was kind of tough. So Mm -hmm. with, um, so with only social kind of, it kind of developed into something that I really didn't expect. Um, -hmm. when I was, living I was stationed in Yongsan, Korea uh in Seoul, which I've ever been to Seoul, Korea, it's amazing. I think no, Yongsan right. now shut down. So um the little mid that I was at isn't even there anymore. But um so when I was there, I started a stationary line, um stationary mm-hmm. like happy birthday cards, you know, I miss you type stuff. And um it's I I I needed like a creative outlet. You know, I was in the army like and just wearing like black and blue suits all the time. It was yeah. very boring. And uh, I was in another country with my family and friends. So, um, so I needed a creative outlet. So I started this It's it was something I was doing in my free time already. And um, it turns out people loved what I did. Mm-hmm. And I found out really quickly that um, social media was kind of like the way to sell my product. Right. So within just a couple of months, um, we got picked up by Nordstrom. So we were sold in like almost every Nordstrom, I think it was like 250 Nordstrom stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were sold online at Nordstrom. We had over like 20 something stockists. I mean, it was amazing. And I was just like designing them. I wouldn't have them printed. It was, I mean, it was so fun. Mm-hmm. And I really, I was using kind of like my agent skills, like you mm-hmm. know, and, force and whatnot on social media and i'm using like my targeting skills and my influence skills and whatnot on social media to kind of sell this stationery because it's you know when when people see stuff on online when they're looking on Instagram or Facebook or whatever that's they're not necessarily looking at the product they're looking at the lifestyle that the product is in, and the same goes for you know like with source operations and and whatnot so um, so yeah, so I figured that out pretty quickly and that uh, my social media just kind of really took off. So when I got out of the army, I actually applied for a couple of government jobs mm-hmm. and uh, the, you know, not to talk, talk any smack about the, uh, the government jobs I applied for in Washington, but it's kind of a boys club. And uh, I didn't even get a call back until I took my first name off of my resume. And, wow. which was kind of interesting yeah so and then when I did that I would like take my first name off and then I would show up and there would be like oh no we're looking for like a Thompson I'm like yeah that's me Allie Allie Ray hi you know and, <laughs> prize. Um, and it was just really it was interesting it was really mm-hmm. interesting so um you know like day after day I like didn't have a job and I was like well crap like I need to eat you know I right. need <laughs> to pay bills like what am I gonna do So I had some friends who were like a photographer and there was like a couple other things um, or a couple other friends that own businesses. And they were like, well, can you help me out with my social media? Because I need like all the help. Like you killed it with your brand. Like just like I'll pay you to do mine. Mm -hmm. And then that person told another person and told another person. And then it just kind of word of mouth spread in this like small little town. Mm -hmm. And um, before, you know, it, I was like, Oh crap, like I need a business license. <laughs> yeah. So what was really interesting is that it grew faster than I could really keep up. And mm-hmm. when you're a, one of the hardest things, and this is something that I'm learning now that, you know, I, I work at scaled consulting and we're a sales consulting agency. We help businesses scale. And one of the things that I see is, you know, for these young, hungry, like CEOs and these young, hungry founders is it's like more, 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 like, I want to be big. I want to be the biggest. I want to be the best. I like, I want to go like zero to a hundred, like yesterday. Right. And that happened to me. And I was, I was working like 16 to 18 hours a day, every Mm -hmm. single day. And I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know, like, I didn't know really any of like the business basics. I didn't know what I needed. I didn't know what I didn't need. And I knew that it was fun and I knew that I was making money and I knew that it was like taking off and that's, that's all I really knew. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the hardest part was really, really kind of catching yourself and saying like, okay, like, is this sustainable? You know, like, am I building, am I building like a, a job for myself or am I building a business <laughs> and I I when I look back now I was really building a, a job for myself you know <laughs> like I wasn't taking measures and I wasn't taking steps to build a business and you know I thought I was doing the right thing I'm like investing in my company I'm like buying things I had an office and you know I had all these things I had an um, an assistant who I ended up hiring full-time and know i thought i was like doing all the right things but i literally i i wasn't i had no idea and you know if i if i had to do it you know over again even knowing maybe just a little bit of what i know now i think the first thing i would do is to go and find like a mentor go and find Mm -hmm. or just ask and be like what should i be doing you know like this is my goal like am i doing the right things Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't do that. I was, you know, like when you start, when any like young entrepreneur or anything starts a business and it kind of takes off, you get really excited and you get kind of cocky and you get, you know, you get, you're like, I got this, like I'm doing this and you know, I'm just going to run with it. And, um, yeah. And it was just, it, it became so overwhelming and it was, it was so much it was, it was way too much. I was in, so I was in way over my head. <laughs> right.
0: um, yeah. so, so I think this is a, a good pause. Um, so <clears throat> as a, you know, entrepreneur, you, I, I like that, you know, you're, are you building a business or are you creating a job for yourself?
1: Yeah. What,
0: so what would you say to someone? I mean, even to me, I'm, looking to hopefully launch my business uh well the world stopped spinning but let's let's pretend the world let's pretend the world fires back up in september i'm hoping to launch when the world starts i'm hoping to launch as well so what would you say to someone like me hoping to start something to stop themselves from creating a job and instead furthering a business
1: um yeah i mean really i mean any successful anything successful, I think long-term involves a strategy, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it's not saying that that strategy is going to be set in stone, but I think anything, anything that you want to do in the future involves goals. And then those goals have many goals. And then there's like checkpoints along the way, like, am I making this? Do I need to adjust? Do I need to shift left or right kind of thing? So really, I mean, if you're looking to start something if you're starting something and you're finding yourself along the path and you're like okay well you know like i'm comfortable right now but like how do i scale upwards like how do i keep moving then what i would do is kind of figure out what you want what what do you want the end goal to be and then start planning backwards from that so if you know like you wanted to do this then right before that step comes this. And right before that step comes, you know, all of these things. And I was in a service-based business, so I didn't need like funding and revenue or anything like that. But if you're, if you're starting a business, that's not that and you need, you need capital to start it, then Mm -hmm. figuring out where that's coming from and being realistic about it as well. The other thing I would suggest Um, wholeheartedly is to get a mentor and that's I mean just like that's another thing like in that the military teaches you like personal professional like you should have someone that you can like run things by that you that you can look up to and kind of um, ask questions and and whatnot and it's not that they're always going to have the same answers and it's not like your mentor has to be your ideal person like I'm going to turn into this person kind of thing but it's Mm -hmm. it's sounding board that you know it's someone who kind of thinks the same as you who has been through kind of a lot and maybe similar experiences that you want to go through and and kind of ask ask those questions and ask those tough questions to kind of get you to where you want to be Mm -hmm. um planning planning backwards and and kind of setting yourself up and making those checkpoints is probably probably the the best advice if you don't have a mentor if you don't have access to a business owner or you're starting a business from scratch that's never been you know created before ever in the history of the universe you know so um if you if you don't have access to someone or you don't think that you have access to someone then um creating a strategy and then creating some goals backwards but at the same time too anyone a lot of people you know especially like nowadays it's 2020 you have these 20 year olds 22 23 that are creating these businesses and they're doing it really really well and what they're doing is they're reaching out to people on instagram on linkedin on you know whatever platform and they're like hey i have some questions like you did this and that's kind of like along the path that i want to do like what where where did you like where did you fail? Like, where did you have to adjust, you know? And they're learning lessons from other people and making adjustments quickly. And, and you don't have to know someone, you don't have to have like a a developed relationship, you know, they don't have to be a family member to, to ask advice, reach out to someone. I get people all the time who reach out on Instagram, these young girls who want to start, you know, like an Instagram or branding boutique and they're like you're doing exactly what i wanted to do right you know how do I do it? how do i get there and you know i love talking to them i love i absolutely love it i love coaching right. and, and and kind of guiding along the way
0: wow yeah i think um i think i have zero mentors and i think <laughs> maybe maybe my pride is the reason for that because, yeah. you know, it's that I want to do it myself. I want to, I can do it myself. And I think, um... Totally. Think-
1: you think, like, if you think, like, okay, so, I mean, there's... Because I was definitely there, too. You know, mm-hmm. especially, like, as, like, always social gained momentum. And it gained a lot of success very quickly. And, you know, I was making, you know, I was making buku bucks. And I thought I was, like, killing it. And I, I had these young... You know, women own businesses next to me and available that I could have asked questions, but I was so prideful. I'm like, no, I'm going to do this myself. Mm-hmm. So maybe like social media is the answer because it creates a barrier. You know, you right. don't know the people and, and whatnot, and no one's going to know that you reach out to them and ask them a question and and saved yourself either thousands of dollars or or hours and thousands of hours of headaches. Or you know, no one's going to know that except for you so kind of swallowing your pride and and just setting yourself up for success with you know asking questions i mean asking questions of people is just the same as like reading a blog you know it's just Mm -hmm. with a blog the questions are just pre-answered
0: right okay wow very cool um i definitely have and all the women i have spoken to you like and recorded on for the cast they have all said very, very similar things, work backwards. <laughs> and I, right. and you know, the men, the men were like, hard charge. So yeah. I think, <laughs> so I think I've got to listen to you guys uh, more so than, than the men.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so if we move, if we um, kind of digress back and we move forward, you moved on to Volusion, um, yeah. and to the social lead. Um, what? So when you get there, what do you take from your prior experiences, and what do you bring to Belusian?
1: Yeah, so, and this is so interesting. I was just explaining this, you know, kind of the other day. Um, you know, I, I went from owning my own agency and mm-hmm. you know, running it by myself and, and being the resource for my clients and, and taking these small businesses. And, you know, I was doing – I wasn't just managing, like, social media. I was, like, doing content development, and I had mm-hmm. these, like, packages and you know when you're when you own your own business you're also able to go like above mm-hmm. and beyond you know put in the extra work for your clients because right. you're in and when you go to work for an agency it doesn't it's not really like that right. so I really I really struggled with I mean any good marketer and kind of um you know embeds themselves in the the company that they're promoting you know, even if it's like part-time work, like if you're not a part of that company, you're not going to believe in the marketing message and and all of that. So a lot of my clients, I really, I, you know, I did the same thing I always do is I, I embedded myself into the, into their, their stuff. And I found, you know, I can't do that because, you know, they're only paying for X amount of hours and, Mm -hmm. you know, I have all these other clients as well. And I don't have an assistant to help me. And, you know, I thought that was really interesting. And, you know when i when i came to volusion, volusion had an internal services services agent um services department essentially mm-hmm. so uh, volusion if you're not familiar is an e-commerce platform and it's very much like shopify almost everyone has heard of shopify squarespace that type of thing so volusion is like a direct competitor of shopify okay so you can um yeah so they it's it's cool so they had, what's interesting about Volusion is Volusion is directly, it's made specifically for SMBs, which is small to medium business. Okay. So if you're a small business, you're going from like selling on Etsy to like developing your own website. Volusion is kind of like a starting place because it's really affordable. It's low monthly rates and it's, you don't have to buy these like huge, um, you don't have to do these huge investments for good designs like you do on Shopify, um, what also makes Volusion kind of interesting is they offered all Volusion merchants. So if you had a store on Volusion, um, you were able to to purchase services, SEO, social, PPC, design services, all from the internal agency. With no other platform does that. They have partners. You know they have marketing partners that mm-hmm. they, can, they can go and get, but not just like an in-house agency. So I came in and, um, like most in-house agencies of larger departments there, if you're not really in front of the trend, you're behind it. And that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of like the thing in tech, right? Like if you're not front, like you're, you're way behind. And that was, Mm -hmm. I mean, no exception. They were really behind in their product offering and these clients needed way more than they were able to do. And Um, and it's not, it wasn't to do with the skill level of the specialists because they were so skilled, the social gals there. Um, it was more so, you know, they just didn't have that, the, someone from like the front line, someone who was ahead to kind of bring those back in at, at a scalable and an affordable rate for like merchants, for SMBs who are like paying out of pocket and, and might not be, you know, in the black there might, Mm -hmm. they might be, you know. I'm going to pay for, I'm, my kid's not going to play soccer this season. I'm going to pay for, you know, SEO services so I can make more money next year, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I came in and I really kind of took like what everything I built with social and kind of applied it to Volusion and we rewrote their entire social uh, offering. So everything that they offered, we completely redid. Um, and then, I mean, change prices, we changed all of that trained new, new agents and new uh, specialists and whatnot, um, and kind of really changed the dynamic and what we're able to offer, offer those clients.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it was, I, you know, it was so, it was so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting, because when you have this, you have a sales team who's selling services and the sales team kind of knows what marketing is and kind of knows what social media marketing is and they're like oh it's that facebook stuff right you're just like posting pictures on facebook and so now you're not only responsible for training like a new, all these like specialists on these new offerings and these new product offerings but now you're training a sales team on how to sell those products so it was just it was really interesting and then the internal services department also then branched off into an external agency. So now, instead of just working on Volusion Merchants, they were able to work on Shopify stores or Squarespace stores or uh, WordPress or, or whatever. So I worked with the director of uh, the agency to, right. and like a small team of other marketers and designers to build that brand out because I had done it before and done it successfully. And that turned into So our internal agency and services department turned into Grow With Studio, which was yeah. an amazing experience. And um, they then started offering white label and you know all these other you know crazy offerings. And they're just taking off. I love it.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely good to see and awesome. But you were a huge driver yeah. force for that. Um, really. Uh, so first, I mean, congratulations, and kudos <laughs> to you for that. Um, <laughs> Um, so you know before we move on to you at scale um, I'd like to I'd like to ask and I feel like I should have asked before um, but what is it what is it like being a woman in the professional workforce like at this high level
1: well I think you know what's really amazing about Austin is that there are women everywhere and I am yeah. surrounded by powerful women Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's what, in I mean in Austin. So I own my own agency in Washington State, and when I moved down to Austin, you know I worked in Volution and I, my director was a very strong woman. I still she's one of my one of my mentors, Allison Garrison. Yeah. I love you. Um, so uh, so yeah. So I I had I had the opportunity to really, especially just in Austin, be surrounded by strong women and um like-minded women and Mm
0: -hmm. women
1: who who value community over competition and it it really brings especially in Austin because it's like this tech hub um it really brings brings me kind of back to my core like within the army you know it, it really is community it's not competition type of thing. And if it is, it's playful competition, but it's still, there's love and respect there. And, um, I've been blessed in, in my role at pollution and uh, my role at at scale to be surrounded by that.
0: Awesome. Um, obviously I don't know what that's like. Um, (laughs) so, um, I think that it's really cool to hear from, you know, a woman's perspective, just kind of how, I've, and all the women I've spoken to, no one has really had a hiccup because being a woman, it's almost, I've spoken to a few who's kind of had that chip on their shoulder, like, I'm a woman in a man's world, I'm gonna, you know, prove themselves, but it's nice to hear about the camaraderie, Um, and I don't think I've heard about that yet, so I think that's really cool.
1: It's really, you know, and it's, you know, I talked earlier about these young gals who are reaching out to me on, like, Instagram, and I still have Mm -hmm. them today. And I'm a part of a couple like Facebook groups that, you know, younger women who are trying to grow their career are, you know, ask advice and whatnot. And I, I always take the time to like spend extra time with them or like, you know, talk one-on-one to build out their resume or build out, Mm -hmm. you know, build out really their dreams or their goals or their path or their strategy ahead. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in this, in this world or in this society, you have this stigma that like women are catty or women are competing against each other because it's a woman, a woman in a man's world. And the Mm. only person who can change that stigma is you. Right. Right. So you can just ignore that completely and be like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're talking about. Like I'm here to build you up. And if I can build you up even higher than me, then that's that's amazing. I want that. So um, so yeah, so definitely it's definitely breeding community over competition and especially in Austin um is amazing.
0: Awesome, awesome. So recently, very recently, you moved to scales. Yes, um, I'm
1: like two months two months in, but because of yeah. the quarantine it feels two years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um so what is um what leads you to leave Volusion, if I may. So I mean just after only about two years.
1: Yeah, so um Volusion went through some internal changes. So I very surprisingly I showed up to work one day. And I got called into an office and I was laid off. Oh wow. And that day, so I thought, I thought it was like the worst day of my life
0: right mm-hmm. i was
1: how could my director who i looked up to and i trusted and how could she not tell me this was going to happen you know i did everything like i bent over backwards you know it's like oh my gosh why me and i think especially in this pandemic a lot of a lot of people are have those thoughts right why not someone else like why me like i did so much right and Allison just before I like walked out the door she like grabbed my hand and she was like this you will be okay like this is this is good and I, I want you to know that you're you're gonna land on your feet and I was like well you know, like, <laughs> you know I'm thinking <laughs> to myself I'm like whatever right. and you know I was I took it really hard as most people do you know like losing a right. job and especially it's one that you love and you're so passionate about and you know I like cried for weeks. I was like on the couch moping around my like, my poor husband, he was like, you know, taking me ice cream and treating me to wine and flowers, trying to cheer me up. And um, yeah, it was just, uh, it was tough to kind of get over the hump. But as soon Mm -hmm. as I really just, as soon as I stopped feeling sorry for myself, I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, why did it happen? Like why did I make that decision? You know, and I could figure out pretty quickly because like I'm a smart cookie I could figure out why they had to make that business decision and why they chose me not anyone Mm -hmm. else and it was a financial decision 1000% and I know that I know that it was a financial decision and you know like confirmed like later on but you know after I kind of thought it through and after I kind of got over my own feelings and my own pride and ego and everything Mm -hmm. and Able to look at it from a different lens and from like a different perspective, it completely changed kind of my outlook. Um, I I didn't I didn't really apply to many jobs or really any jobs for about like a month and a half, right. just because I really wanted to you know like figure out like oh I wanted to be okay with it. I wanted to mm-hmm. be able to talk about it and whatnot. But at the same time too, like I wanted to this is a fresh start. So what am I going to do with it? you know? So I have this opportunity, so, and I could really do anything, you know, and the, arm, the army taught me that I can do anything I want, so mm-hmm. I'm strong enough to do that, so what is it going to be? Mm-hmm. So I make a, a list, my, uh, my husband sat me down and he was like, make a list of what you really loved about the job, and mm-hmm. make a list of what you didn't really love about the job. And so I, I looked for jobs that really just fit this bill over here and what fit the – I really loved that. And I I applied to a small handful of them, and I was lucky enough that you called me back. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, very cool. Um, I think I my first episode I'd spoken to a woman, Sarah Deal, and <laughs> she also similarly was, um, you know – laid off and it just created this fire in her and you know that's that's awesome to hear uh again just like reciprocated because i know i've been laid off before and i was i was like crushed i was like oh what am i what am i gonna do like why what did i do what Um, did
1: i do feelings did i hurt
0: exactly and it's just um it took me a long time to get back on the horse. Um, but that also, but if I guess if I didn't get laid off, I wouldn't be pursuing my own endeavors. I wouldn't be in, in a position to where, you know, I want to take control of the next however many years I'm alive.
1: Totally. Totally. And I mean, you, that's the crazy thing is that you don't know. So mm-hmm. like, you know, right. And just, I,
0: interesting. yeah. And I think, um, I th- oh, uh, you didn't have any overlap with Kale, who did work at Scale, but I just did a overlap, or I just did an episode with him. But he, you know, he diamonds are made under pressure, um, as we had spoken in our last episode. And it's I think that um, the ability to come out of such a hard time, because whoever sees it, I mean, I mean, obviously some people see it coming, but who really sees it coming at like a higher level? But the ability to come out and come strong and compositive is um, really an excellent trait. And so towards anyone who has been laid off, what would you say to them in order to help them, I guess, get over the hump?
1: Yeah, um, cry it out. <laughs> so I'm, that's probably step one. You know, like feel your emotions because mm-hmm. the more you the more you try and put it off and not think about it the more you're gonna hold on to it Mm -hmm. and then it's gonna control you and it's gonna control how you feel about it and then you're every time you think of that company you're gonna be like well you know like screw them and then there's no lesson there's no there's really no anything you're in the same place as you were before and, you know, a lot of the businesses now that are, you know, having really to make these really shitty decisions mm-hmm. or, you know, they have no other choice but to furlough or lay these people off. And, and it's so crappy and it's terrible. And, and a lot of people are finding themselves in a, a really, um, a position they really never thought that they would be in. And, you know, I, th- I think the only thing, you know, if you're laid off in this pandemic, the only thing that I could say really is just feel your emotions and it's okay to be upset and it's okay to cry about it and it's okay to be angry and it's okay because all of those emotions lead to a new one. And then eventually you'll be okay with it and say, well, okay, you know, like I'm here now. So what am I going to do with it? And, you know, and it's not until you feel them and it's not until you, you kind of go through all of those all of those steps that you get to the like, well, I'm not just going to sit here and watch friends all day, you know, (laughs) like, so, um, so yeah, so I, I would say definitely that. And if you're laid off, you know, outside of the pandemic and try and understand like, okay, you know, this was really crappy and, you know, I'm angry and I'm upset and I'm worried about all of these things, but why did they do it, you know? And if you can understand what the business decision was mm-hmm. and that it wasn't personal and remove that like ego and, and whatnot from it, I think it can help sit with you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: Um, so you're now at scale, director of brand. Mm-hmm. How have those yes. last couple of months been? I mean, in a tumultuous world,
1: Yeah, it been? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been amazing. I. I honestly, I don't feel like I've only been here for two months. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been here for two years, you know? Um, And yeah, it's really, it's just been really amazing. And just everyone on the skilled team, like from the consultants um, to, to the people in the Austin office, New York office, Mm -hmm. just everyone is just so, I don't want, not just like welcoming, but it's, it's, They're so full of excitement Mm -hmm. and everyone who's at Scaled really just wants to be there because they're passionate about sales. They're knowledgeable and they want to share with the world. They want to change other people's lives. And, you know, I was just telling, we have a couple of interns and one of the, one of the gals was like, well, I don't really like sales. Like I'm not really passionate about sales. I'm like, well, who is except for Jake Dunlap, right? Right. So, um, but you don't have to be passionate about sales to do something like this because, you know, I, I'm doing like brand and whatnot, but even with like sales or like marketing and sales, you're, you're making an impact in those businesses. And when those businesses succeed, those individuals succeed. And then you make a difference in their lives and you change the outcome of a business you change the outcome of an individual Mm -hmm. Um, and and when you think about it you know the secondary and tertiary effects and you think about it kind of how it applies and the difference that you're making on those businesses and and what it's enabling those businesses to do as well i mean it's just it's amazing yeah
0: wow awesome um i think at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? Just helping yeah. someone else help themselves.
1: Exactly, exactly. And you know, there's you know, there's people who want, there's people who want to be the like, I helped you do this, and you know, then there's like the behind the scenes type, and uh, then there's like the like, no one even knows that they're there type, right? So yeah. you know, figuring out which one you want to be, because in in this world and in this like you know, on this planet, whatever we want to call it, like your, any job that you do is helping someone else, you know, mm-hmm. any, any job that you do. So even if you're like serving up pizza, like you're helping me cause I'm hungry as hell. So, <laughs> so like if you think about it as like, I'm serving, I'm helping, I'm doing this. And then you think about your impact. Well, what, what do I really love doing? And like, how big do I want my impact to be? And how much credit do I want? So, and that can really kind of help you figure out where where in the puzzle piece, like where in the puzzle you fit and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And it can kind of really just change your whole perspective on it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so to help us kind of wrap up, because I didn't even realize we were talking so much already. Um, I like my, my viewers, uh, my viewers have been... Uh, submitting questions, um, for hopefully us to get to. Um, and one of them was if you right now are Mm -hmm. in a room, you are in a room and you're presenting to 10 other director of brands, Mm -hmm. what do you say to them to tell, to say to the person being groomed to take their position? I guess if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, with, so for director of brand, and this is for branding, for creatives, for marketing, there are other marketers. There are other social media specialists. There are other directors of brand, right? There is, for one of you, there are 10 more, 20 more, 100 more. What makes the difference is your personal style. So your how you problem solve how you strategize how you plan how you organize um your creative eye you make the difference and you're the difference between the person standing next to you you can have the same title the same experience worked for the same companies for the same amount of years with the same you know like clients all of that stuff and you can be completely different because it's you who makes the difference mm-hmm. and if you can if you can really just kind of look in and, and say, what, how am I different? How am I different from the person next to me? And how can I double down on the value that I give? Then, then you're going to do okay.
0: That's what I would say. I like that a lot. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then um, another viewer question that I really love is, um, I guess you kind of answered it or you really did a good job answering it, but what would you say are the top three traits to be in a position like your own? Traits.
1: Oh, geez. Um, a little bit crazy. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. So, um, really, I think, um, resiliency, Mm -hmm. I think, Resiliency is a big, a big one. And I think no matter what position you're in, I think you need to be resilient. Um, you're going to stumble. You're going to put your foot in your mouth. You're going to mess up. You're going to do things. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, so I would definitely say resiliency. Um, I guess the other would be the, uh, be, be teachable. Mm-hmm. I th- another one um so this is something that I struggle with too uh especially you know you come into a new role and you're like I you know you hired me for a reason I got this like I'm do this and you know that's where like our egos get in in the way of stuff and you know you you don't know everything and even if you're the most experienced person in the room the least experienced person in the room will teach you something 100 percent guaranteed so um and Yeah. So I think, you know, like being resilient, be teachable and, uh, and just have the tenacity to just kind of go forward, be hungry. So want more, you know, always improve your skills. You can never be good enough. Um, and you know, just be, just be hungry for information. I get, I get so excited because I don't, you know, I don't have a college degree. I wasn't like bored in college like an accounting class or something. So when I learn these, I'm, you know, I'm learning different tactics and um, different like data collection, you know, matrices, and I'm learning all these different things that I'm self teaching myself. I'm, you know, spending late hours and just to kind of add to my toolbox. It excites me because I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I can do this with this. I can do this and I can, you know, so I mean, you know, the moment you stop learning is, you know, the moment you're just going to fall behind because the person next to you is, is going to continue to learn and continue to add and, and whatnot. So I don't remember how many of those were, but I would say all of that.
0: <laughs> it was three. You got it.
1: Okay, good.
0: And then um, I, I like to wrap up with this question. I think it's going to be really cool, especially for you. Um, so if tomorrow you walked into... 20-year-old you before you joined the military, what would you say to her? Have
1: fun. Have fun. Uh, You know, I think that's literally, I would, yeah, I don't know if I would say anything. I don't, I, you know, I've been through, I've been through a lot and, um, my husband's giving me pointers back here. He's type and stuff. He's like, say this. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, I would say, yeah, I would just say, I don't know if I would say anything to, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And because every, and you know, I, this, I have a really, I, I guess like weird perspective on this. A lot of people are like, oh, I would go back and do this differently. Or I would go back and do this. But really Mm -hmm. all of those stumbles and all of those mistakes and all of those like stagnant you know periods of my life and Mm -hmm. um all of those things make me who i am right now they make me as hungry as i am right now and i think Mm -hmm. even if i was you know like you know took something more serious or like took a chance or did this or did that like maybe i wouldn't be here right now so you know i think if i could look back at 20 year old me I'd give her a high five, tell her, have fun, and go get it.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's super cool. I think my favorite part of asking that question across the board is just no one has said that they do anything differently. It's all I've gotten, you know, I'd give them a hug. I'd say, you know, go go with, with the flow because you you're in for a wild one. And you're
1: it's all just... <laughs>
0: I think that's the, that is one of the biggest, that's like the defining line between, I guess, people who really crave success and people who just think about success. Yeah. And I, and I'm just seeing it more and more. The people who crave success, they wouldn't change a thing. They just would say to their old selves, there you go. (laughs) Go do, go do all the things I did. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's going to be interesting, you know, and, and it's, it, I mean, it really is, I mean, if you think back, you're like, oh my gosh, like, if I would have done this, this would have never happened. If I would have done this, you know, like, and it's, it's just so interesting. I, you know, how I joined the army in 2006, I was working at the mall and uh, this guy in a uniform came in and asked me out on a date. And I was like, "Uh, okay, you're in a uniform. (laughs) So I went on like a lunch date with him and I was like, so what do you say to your, like, he was, like, a recruiter stationed in South Florida, and I was like, so what do you say to your, like, army recruits? How do you get them to sign up? And I'm, like, being, like, an asshole, like, trying to make fun of them and stuff, and he's, like, well, I tell him this, and I tell him this, and blah, 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 and, you know, I was, like, oh, oh, okay, oh, and then I, (laughs) (laughs) I called him the next day, and I'm, like, hey, like, um like do you want to go to lunch and he's like yeah cool like yeah let's go to lunch and I'm like so I'm gonna bring my mom and he was like uh and I was like and can you bring some of that like army stuff <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think maybe like two weeks later I swore in wow and uh, yeah so and I if I never would have taken that you know like he was such a corndog oh my gosh yeah. like I like I like even like regretted going when I was on it, mm-hmm. but if I never would have done that, maybe right. I never would have been army. I never would have done all of those things. And, and it's just interesting, the choices that you make and the, the paths that they, that they lead you. And I think being appreciative of where you're, where you're at in the stumbles and the, the trips and the falling flat on your face and, and all of those things, just being appreciative of all of that kind of yeah. will shape your future for sure.
0: Definitely. Um, awesome so thank you so much for that um Um, i think uh, that that'll definitely speak to a lot of people um myself included i i can't wait to listen back to this call take some better notes and like apply that i've i've (laughs) taken something from every single recording every single one i've applied like next day um so i guess in closing i i like to always ask is it and i know you'll say yes but is it okay if i leave your email in the show notes some connections and
1: yeah so please yeah drop my linkedin connect with me ask me questions if you need to would love it
0: definitely and i think that um a lot of people will really enjoy this episode as well um thank you so much allie ray for being on the show
1: you're welcome thank you so much
0: all right have a good night
1: all right bye